is a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. You have found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of Dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we doing radio up in here. Cheese Tease is over a thousand views so far. My Pittsburgh City paper column is just getting critical acclaim. Uh, before you know it, you're going to turn on this radio station, and it'll still be me, but I'll be getting paid slightly more. And when that happens, you'll know it. Because I'll tell you. I put this up on the Twitter poll. Are you rooting for Le'Veon Bell to fail? And the options are as follows. No or yes, I'm a bad person. Uh, I think you kind of got to be a wanker to be rooting against Le'Veon Bell. Now, there was some confusion into the wording of my Twitter poll. Did I mean that I'm a bad person or that you're a bad person? And I'm awesome. I mean, I am a great guy. Ask my wife. So I'm talking about you. And we're sitting at about 50-50 right now. But had I phrased it differently, had I said, are you rooting against Le'Veon Bell after this year? Yes or no? I get the sense that about 70% of you would be saying, yeah, I'm rooting against that guy. Now, I understand being a team-first fan, but Le'Veon Bell is not a bad guy. He's done some things that make you want to pull your hair out. He's done some things that might make you want to throw yourself down the stairs. Hey, maybe it could just be your personal life. But he hasn't been a violent criminal. He hasn't done anything horrendously that would make me say he's a bad person. In fact, I've had run-ins with both Le'Veon Bell and James Conner, talked to them both in the locker room, and I find Le'Veon Bell far more personable and easy to speak to. Doesn't mean James Conner's a bad guy, but I do think that Le'Veon Bell is a people pleaser. I think he generally tries to give you what you want to hear, and I'd like some more original thought there, but he's easy to talk to. He always has struck me as a nice guy. Stan Saverin and I used to do the... Le'Veon Bell show. I forget what the actual title was. Maybe it was Steelers Huddle. Doesn't matter. And I was the board op, and Stan was the host. And then later on, I started to do some of the hosting with Le'Veon, and it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And Le'Veon was a very nice guy, somebody that you can talk to. Uh, He's odd. Maybe he's not the smartest guy. I'm not. But he's not a bad person. So this isn't personal. It's just business. The Steelers themselves are bummed out that Bell didn't take the contract. But do you think that they're hoping he fails or gets hurt somewhere else? I don't believe that. Hell no. Fans take things more personally than front office personnel and teammates do. And man, you guys in Pittsburgh have rooted for some bad dudes too. Barry Bonds was a dick sporting goods. I had to use that line one more time. James Harrison was a bully. Barry Bonds, we all think, cheated. Jung-Ho Gung has three DUIs, and you still want him to be in the lineup to provide some pop at third base. Rob King was on with Stan yesterday talking about how, hey, maybe Jung-Ho Gung could come in and be that guy if they move Jordy Mercer out of here. 
It's not like Le'Veon Bell's Alameda Te'amu and driving around the south side, running people over, drunk as a skunk. No. He just didn't show up to training camp last year and didn't accept the Steelers' contract offer. Joey Porter put his hands on a cop. Ben Roethlisberger had his issues. Duh. Bell didn't show up for the walkthrough before a playoff game. He talked about retiring two days beforehand. But then he showed up and played his ass off. In the three playoff games he started and finished as a Steeler, he's given you everything you could possibly want. He's been unbelievable. So the Le'Veon Bell's a bad teammate narrative doesn't jive with me. There are so many players in the NFL that aren't worth cheering for. The Bengals had to cheer for Pac-Man Jones and Vontez Perfect. Both those guys, bad dudes. Pac-Man Jones spitting on cops. Pac-Man Jones in the back of cop cars saying, I hope you die. Pac-Man Jones in Morgantown breaking pool cues in half over people's asses. Not good people. Ray Lewis, convicted of obstruction of justice in a murder investigation. Lawrence Taylor, doing blow before games. Le'Veon Bell didn't do that kind of stuff. He's had his drug issues, sure. Smoking the reefer. That's it. Those guys had some stuff going down. Le'Veon Bell will be guilty of one thing that you can't tolerate as Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And it's the same thing Franco Harris was guilty of. And it's the same thing James Harrison got raked over the coals for doing last year. And that's not finishing his career as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And as far as you're concerned, that's as bad as it gets. Grizz Khalifa tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Perfectly fine with me. Make money somewhere else and be irrelevant and look like the arrogant ass you were forever. I don't understand why trying to seek what you deem to be your truth val- true value is arrogant. I don't see it that way. I also didn't speak very well there. But I do feel like if Grizz Khalifa called up, I could talk a little bit better than him. Nathan says, voting yes doesn't make you a bad person. Maybe people want the consequences of leaving the perfect situation due to unrealistic expectations to be an example in future negotiations. Believe me, we'd much rather have him see the light. Tom's losing his mind. Perfect situation for who? For you? Maybe it's not the perfect situation for Bell, the person making the personal decision. Tom, you're a good one, man. You're one of the good people. These people are making me so mad, Adam. You're one of the no voters. And I'm proud of you, Tom. Jerome probably wouldn't even know how to click yes or no. Sorry, Jerome. But not really. Brian says, I'm a horrible person, but I honestly just want him to go away. Well, at least you admit it. Not me, by the way. No, different one. Brian with a Y, in fact. B-R-Y-A-N. This is why. Jeff says, not rooting for him to fail, but if he signs with New England or any other AFC North team, you better believe I hope he fails. Whoever gives him more than the Steelers were offering, they're crazy. What if somebody gives him exactly what the Steelers were offering? Are they crazy? Are you then calling the Steelers crazy? Probably not, because that would make you stick a dagger in your stomach and spin it around. What do they call that? Is it Sepulchora? That's the one. Yeah. I was going to say Sectum Sempra, but I'm pretty sure that's a Harry Potter spell. I'll add the caveat, and I'll agree with Jeff on this. If Le'Veon Bell winds up a New England Patriot, I'm the guy who's committing sectum sempra. I'm the guy throwing myself down the stairs. I'm the guy pulling out my hair, because that would just be death. Although, maybe poetic justice, and probably the best thing for the show. 
And in that case, knife's being pulled out and putting back in the sheet. A couple of people today tweeted that the Steelers had six Super Bowls without Bell and zero with him. Proud of you, man. You did math. But that does imply that Le'Veon Bell is the reason that the Steelers haven't won a championship. And that's not true. I have a ranking system. An order of blame, if you will, for Steelers' recent playoff flameouts. Number one, biggest reason that the Steelers haven't won a Super Bowl in the last four years? Injuries. Without a doubt. You go down to 2014, and Le'Veon Bell's hurt. Ben Tate comes in. Josh Harris comes in. And, oh, my sweet God, you don't have a chance. You get shut down by the Baltimore Ravens. Ben Roethlisberger gets sacked five times. He's got a passer rating of 80 because they can't run the ball. That's just horrific luck. And I think you could make an argument that it's also a coaching decision problem because LeGarrette Blunt was being a douchebag early in the season, and instead of keeping him and just saying, hey, man, your time will come, they cut him. He goes on to win a championship with the New England Patriots. If LeGarrette Blunt's around, maybe the Steelers do advance past Baltimore that game. Maybe not. Because he's still not Le'Veon Bell, but injuries and that coaching decision cost them back in 2014. The defense, not great because they gave up 30 points at home. You never want to see that, not in the playoffs. So injuries are my number one. You saw what happened when they lost to the Denver Broncos. They did not have Antonio Brown. They did not have Le'Veon Bell. Ben Roethlisberger's shoulder was separated. Injuries were the biggest letter-downers of the Steelers that year. So two of the last four playoff flameouts, you could say, oh, the Steelers have underachieved. Or you can look at it and be realistic and understand that injuries were to blame. Not Le'Veon Bell, no. Injuries. Defense is my number two. And it's fitting because number two is poop. And the Steelers' defense did play like number two, or poop, on a number of occasions the last couple of years in the playoffs. New England in 2016. Oh, boy. Give up 36 points. Never really have a chance in the football game. Don't play very much man coverage. When they did, that got shredded, too. But they almost refused to play it. That's a coaching decision. That's also on the defense. But at the same time, it's injuries because Le'Veon Bell was hurt. So that makes three years that injuries could be partly to blame. And two years where it's defense. Last year, it was a whole mess of everything. My next two are, if it's injuries, defense, being blamed for Steelers' postseason flameouts, then I'm going Roethlisberger next at three and coaching decisions at four. Roethlisberger's had some problems in the playoffs of late. Now, again, some of that has to do with the injuries and lack of Le'Veon Bell. But last year... Roethlisberger turned the football over twice, leading to touchdowns. One immediately, and the other one the next play. That's a big reason why they lost. And the defense sucked. And the coaching decisions late in the game weren't great either. Uh, Fourth down decisions, not good. And then Mike Tomlin not kicking the ball off deep is still haunting me in my dreams. I very rarely crush Mike Tomlin. I think he's one of the best coaches in the National Football League. That had me going Crazy! That had me going nuts! But the defense is absolutely the most to be blamed. 
When you make that offense, the one that looked like a 2010 Army-Navy game the week before against Buffalo, you make them out to look like the greatest show on turf, then you got to put the blame on the defense. Nowhere in any of that, though, did you hear me say Le'Veon Bell was the problem. Uh, He wasn't the problem whenever he was leading the Steelers to -to back-to-back playoff wins. 167 and 170 rushing yards, he was not the problem then. He wasn't the problem last year when he had 155 and two touchdowns. So the notion that the Steelers won six Super Bowls without him and zero with him, it's true. The math adds up that way. But it ain't his fault that the Steelers haven't won in his tenure. And him getting hurt's been a big deal. If they have him, I bet you that they've won one of those AFC Championship games. Uh, I bet you that they've been in it at least one more time. So he's a reason why the Steelers win, not a reason that's kept them from winning their seventh Lombardi. And by the way, I can count two. The Steelers have won six Super Bowls. Five of them have come with Hall of Fame running backs. Four with Franco Harris and one with Jerome Bettis. How's that for math? Five out of six is a high percentage that I can't calculate, but it is high. So eat me. Coming up next, Mark Caboli of The Athletic joins us here on the Crowley Show to talk about all that with Le'Veon Belt. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No, I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen to me just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. And by the way, I can count two. The Steelers have won six Super Bowls. Five of them have come with Hall of Fame running backs. Four with Franco Harris and one with Jerome Bettis. That's two. That's far shooter. Oh, you can count. Good for you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. It's Wednesday. Monday is the day before Tuesday. Tuesday is the day that happened yesterday. All three of them days, we've been talking nothing but Le'Veon Bell. Little bit of MLB All-Star game for like 17 seconds. Little bit about the Pirates and their sweeping of the Milwaukee Brewers. But it's football season. I can smell it. I can smell the grilled cheese cheeseburger at Sharky's. I can taste the Guinness flowing down my gullet at Sharky's. So I think we're probably going to talk about Le'Veon Bell all day tomorrow. But with us to wrap up today's discussion on Bell is our friend Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Caboli, how you doing today? What's up, Adam? You fired up? Training camp, baby. Let's go. I wouldn't say fired up. I was just looking at the schedule. And we're looking at like... Nine, nine day, nine out of ten days, I have to stay up there in the row. Why don't you just that's, drive back and forth, man? Man, that's too much of a pain in the rear. You know, you, you have to drive down thirty. One day, one time, I, I counted red lights and stop signs from my house to Latrobe, and I can't remember the number now. So this is kind of anticlimactic, but it was a significant amount. I want to say like sixty or seventy. You just don't want to do that every day. 
Mark, what the hell are you talking about here, man? I mean, just get, I I don't need to know how many lights there are on Route 30. Okay, I, I, I'm just I'm saying it's it's a it's a um, it's a drive that wears you down. How many years have you been going to camp? Uh, my first day, the first year I stayed up there was 2003. So, how many grilled cheese cheeseburgers have you put down from Sharky's? Funny you should say that. I was watching the show on Food Channel yesterday, and it was like barbecue burgers and whatever. And they went to this place in Houston, and they had something very similar to that, other than uh, it was some fancied up thing. I mean, you know, Sharky's is like a man's man sandwich. This was like something you want to eat with a you know, a fork and a knife, but they stole it off. They had bacon and stuff on it, too, so I might have to get some bacon on it this year as well. But I probably only had about four or five. Okay, that's bull. That You've had one every year since I've been going. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in one night you had four or five. See, the, the problem is is you always have to add the fries, and the fries is re- what really gets you. So uh, you have to get away from the fries, and the number two thing is, you get through the first half because they cut it in half, and it's right. delicious. Then you have about three bites of the second half, and all of a sudden the deliciousness, deliciousness turns into utter horror, and you're like just sitting there and just like blobbed up and saying, okay, I'm going back to my room. I like to drink the first night, so that means I'm not going to eat the sandwich. I usually don't want to drink ever again by the last night, so that's when I eat the sandwich. About. You drink every single night. I thought I turned it back last year a little bit. What about when you bum cigarettes out for everybody? This is <laughs> you, you, you would uh, you would fit good in the seventies, man. Smoking cigarettes. I'm surprised you don't have a pack up in your shoulder, tucked under your, you know, with a white T-shirt on. Who bums? Who first of all, who smokes anymore? And number two is who bum? Not only does he bum a cigarette, he goes up to the person and says, "Can I have two of them?" I mean, one's not enough. I always get two whenever I'm going to bum one. I say, hey, man, can I get one? They say, yeah. Uh, you know what? For my trouble, give me a second one, please. Give me one more so that I don't have to bum it off someone else later. And usually they're hammered enough to oblige. No, I quit smoking, though. I'm out on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, well, I, I did. Will, I will post a picture of it sometime next week. I guarantee you uh, start smoking. Those things are like $34 a pack now, so I wouldn't let you bum out thing off of it while smoking especially at sharky's where you got to put cash in the little machine and then it's a soft pack don't, don't make me go down this path okay enough mark caboli joining us from the athletic uh, at some point i think to talk about football all right kaboom did the steelers dodge a bullet by Le'Veon bell not signing that contract extension i think this time will tell right i mean let's see what he signs for and who with next year and let's see how the steelers replace him now if they uh, are swelling in mediocrity at the running back position over the next two to three years, and they can't find anybody, and that window closes. And, uh, you know, they go back to that 2012-13 where they're lucky to be 500 and Le'Veon Bell racks up stuff somewhere else. Then, yeah, I mean, the no, they did dodge a bullet. They wish they would have got him now that's the flip side and they replace him, and, you know, then it's a pretty good deal. And, you know, I know a lot of people are out there talking about you dodging bullets or whatnot, and the Steelers, this guy's not worth it. Well, he must have been worth it enough for them to put a lot right. of effort into signing him. So at least they must think that he's a pretty significant piece of their puzzle. So uh, that goes. I mean, no, you can get me started on this because, you know, all of a sudden people, and I say people, I mean you. No, not really. Um, 
all of a sudden diminish his worth and what he's done and what he's capable of doing just because he didn't sign with the Steelers. The guy is still a tremendous talent. The guy's going to be a tremendous talent for a couple years. That doesn't mean that he fits with the Steelers. He might fit with somewhere else who has more money. But don't sit here and talk to me that say this and try to come up with excuses that why he's no good and why it's not a good fit. No, he's a good player, and they would love to have him. But, you know, at that price, it's good. Okay, maybe it's good that they don't have it. But he's a good player. It's a defense mechanism is all that is, Kaboom. It's just that they, they don't want to believe that he's that great because they know he's not going to be in black and gold next year. Uh, Mark, how easy do you think it is to replace running backs in this league? Do you think that they're as interchangeable as some seem to make it out to be? I don't, I don't think so because for every – I mean, we looked at this past draft or two drafts ago when you had the Kamaras and the, the couple of those other guys. I can't think of the guy's name now. Help me out here, Kansas City guy. Oh, Kamir, Kar, Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, thank you. Hunt. They think it's so much easy, but if you look at all the other running backs selected, there, a lot of them are – no, not very good. I mean, look at one that was supposed to be good, Marlon Mack. I remember how good he was supposed <laughs> to be, a late-round pick, or a mid-round pick for the Colts. You didn't hear a word from him. So is it easy? Sure, you can get one in the third or fourth round, fifth round, undrafted if you're, you know, Willie Parker or even, you know, Isaac Redmond. But, you know, that's not that's not a guarantee. If you're able to get one, then, yeah, you can get one. It's not like, okay, let's pick one in the third round, and just because he's a mid-round back, he's going to be good. That's not the case. So I, I think it is being – I don't know why it's being so devalued. I heard a lot of arguments now recently and comparing it to the you know, NBA and to Major League Baseball. Why do they say – why do we? Why do they make a chart to say we're only paying running backs this amount of money? That's like saying the point guard position only should make eight million dollars a year, but hey, center should make fourteen. First baseman, ah, forget it. He only makes seven million. Centers and wingers, oh, they they make eighteen million, but forget about the right wingers. It's just ridiculous. If the guy's worth amount of money, you should pay the guy what's worth amount of money not because of what position he plays. And Le'Veon Bell caught, caught up in that situation. He's in that position where right now there's not very – it was a way to save money, cut corners. Well, let, let, let's you, stay with that for one second here, Mark, because I think Le'Veon Bell and you share that same thought, and I think it's a really good point. I think that a lot of people would wind up agreeing with Le'Veon if he'd have taken the Steelers deal. If he'd have taken the Steelers deal, I think a lot of national pundits, I think local people would all say, okay, he got paid for being a damn good player. He didn't get paid for being a damn good running back. And I think a lot of people at that point would be like, okay, fine. He had a, he had a great point. Well, now I kind of get that his point's getting dragged through the mud a little bit because he didn't take the deal. And then the question then becomes, well, how much is he really worth? If he's not worth 15, is he, is he worth 17? Is he worth 20? And I think he kind of commandeered the conversation or steered it in a different direction by accident. Nobody knows how much he's worth. That's that's the biggest issue right now because he's never been a free agent. Free agent. So I mean, we just go by the market price right now, and the market is anywhere eight ten million dollars for running backs on the high end of it. So I mean, he, the Steelers put the exclusive tag on him for a reason for two years, so he couldn't find out how much he's worth. Maybe he's worth ten million a year on the open market. Maybe he's worth twenty million dollars a year. You get to this point where you're two years into the franchise to say $27 bucks in your pocket. Why not take the chance? Worst thing can happen, 
you don't like the offers out there and go back to the Steelers and sign your $12, $13 million deal. But that, that final deal that was leaked, I don't know how many deals were before that, before you got to that deal, uh, you know, the rolling guarantees and all that garbage. That was crap. That was a crap contract. I would have turned it down as well if you're only getting ten million dollars guaranteed to pay okay, the salary so, was this year. So. so that's that's crap. I mean there's well, that I mean that there's no way. There's no way in sweet hell that the offer the Steelers put on the table at the end was ten million guaranteed and that's it. I the thirty three sounds right. That that clicks. The ten I mean, that's that's ass. I mean that well, is that's the agent saying, Oh, it wasn't a good deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what, that could have been a last ditch effort by Omar saying, Hey, okay, what about this? We'll give you fourteen million this year. We'll give you a ten million dollar signing loan, but if we're giving you that much cash up front. Then we're going to we're going to implement this this uh, rolling guarantee here that says nothing going to be guaranteed past this year. Maybe that was just the final one put on the table. Doesn't mean that it was four or five before that that, that were, as you would say, you know, thirty million or whatever it was. I don't even think it would be thirty million. Roethlisberger got thirty million on a hundred million dollar deal. Antonio got 19 guaranteed on what a 78 million, 60, 70 million dollar deal right. to it. Hayward or way down there in the tens, twelves, whatever they are, they're just not going to give. I find it hard to believe that they would give him 30 million. I think the guarantee was probably around 20. If I was just you know by, by past history of how they do their contracts. To your previous point and that point. Le'Veon Bell has to be pulling out his hair when he sees a guy like Brandon Cooks get five years, eighty million. That's probably why he's mad. That's why I say you get a guy like Devonte Adams making fourteen and a half. Ugh. You have guys like Sammy Watkins that signed for sixteen million dollars. I know Blech. it's a different position. You know, it's, I mean, some people can argue that you can find a receiver in any round as well. Well, the Steelers Antonio can Brown certainly Brown. argue that, right? Huh? So why isn't Antonio Brown? Why isn't the wide receiver position? Devalue like that. It's probably because longevity. That's it. Get knocked out really quickly. But hey, the owners probably love it. But yeah, I mean, you have to look at. I mean, nothing against any of the other guys that make more money on the team as well. But if you were take a poll of you know GMs around the league and says, who would you rather have, Hayward, the Castro, or Le'Veon Bell? I'm pretty sure that the majority of them would take Le'Veon Bell, and they all would. So. He's not as worth $60 million. I'm not saying those guys aren't worth that money. But if a defensive end's worth that kind of money, who, you know, sometimes gets one, two tackles a game and gets taken out of games, a guy that touches the ball 400 times and puts on all these numbers, uh, should be worth that money. I'm not saying that he's, the Steelers should have gave it, given him the money and it's going to be terrible that he left. I still, I just say that he's probably worth that money, just probably not worth that money to the Steelers. Do you think that James Conner has a legitimate opportunity to be the guy next year? Uh, we got about a month to find out, and I think that's all he's going to get. Uh, I was not a big James Conner fan when they drafted him. Uh, seeing him last year just didn't look like that guy. In college, he looked like he was you know, one-dimensional, really. You know, tough, hard-nosed guy type of thing. You know, I think it's changed. I think since he's been rehabbing that knee and being in the league for a year and seeing how these guys work, I think he all of a sudden knows what type of body he needs to have to be a successful running back, and he's transformed that. And he is, I mean, he's listed at 233 now. He's not 233. He was 
285 in college. So he's more around 215, has that sleek look, a lot quicker. Mm. Um, you saw he actually had pretty good hands in OTAs. He had the burst. Everything looks like it's in place, but he's, you know, he's been hurt constantly over the past three, four years. Hurt or, you know, sick. So myself, I think he has a chance. And this is of, like, I, I think you got about, what, um, a month and one day of training camp preseason where he needs to prove that that to the Steelers. So when they go out and start thinking next year, hey, can James do this or not? Hey, maybe he can. Look what he did for us last year. I think he has a better opportunity this year to show that he can be a viable starting running back in this league. Maybe not exactly what Le'Veon Bell could do, but I think I like where he's at more right now than he is next year and I think this training camp is where you're really going to get a look I mean the worst thing to happen to him is he gets banged up again and it's all of a sudden and, you know it's basically over but I like what I saw from him and I can't wait to see if he's the guy that takes that next step in training camp last thing for Mark Caballi of the Athletic quickly here Mark probably not a fair question but this is the best chance for the Steelers to win a Super Bowl now in Ben Roethlisberger's career what's left of it right Man, they're on the they're on the verge of just a total collapse. What happens if Bell leaves next year? Uh, ben decides he's going to go. Their entire offensive line's like almost thirty years old. I'm being the pessimist here, but uh, well, I have to say that this is probably one of their better years. But you know how that works out. You lose a guy like Le'Veon Bell, then all of a sudden next year is a year where they'll end up winning. And I'm not going to as long as Antonio's there. Longest Ben's there. I think they'll always be in the conversation, but I think obviously this will be the year that, you know, with the rest of the AFC, uh, I think this is their best shot of winning it all because it's not really a dominant team. There's about three or four very good ones, no dominant. So I think they'll always be there until the quarterback quits, but uh, this is their best opportunity. Is that what quickly means to you, Mark? I mean, what the hell is that? That's like a minute and a half. You're just there's a droning on and on. What are you doing? What, what in the world do you have to do? I have to go bum cigarettes from, home, from homeless guys at Sharky's. You got you got to work on that cheese tease uh, production, man. Whew. Those cuts were like something that eighth eighth grader would. You know, it's like it's like like fade in and fade out or something. Tell it's not in the budget. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out. Bully, I just can't. You shut up already about the cheese tees. Coming up next, Gil Brandt of the NFL Network and NFL.com came out with the 32 best safeties of all time. Of course, Troy Polamalu's on the list. Huh. <laughs> you about to be pissed when I tell you where. Plus, other crap, hottest take of the day, and three stars of the show. CSP in Pittsburgh. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Gil Brank can kiss my ass from the NFL Network and NFL.com. I always say I'm not going to get caught up in list radio. I hate list radio. This guy's fifth all-time in this. This guy's seventh all-time in that. But he ranked the top 32 safeties in the National Football League ever. And your boy, Troy Polamalu, comes in behind two players that you probably don't like. Ed Reed of the Baltimore Ravens and Brian Dawkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. I can get all kinds of behind Ed Reed. 
Uh, Ed Reed was a great center fielder. He had 64 career interceptions. He was voted nine Pro Bowls, and he was a first-team All-Pro five times. Troy Polamalu, just for comparison's sake, was an eight-time Pro Bowler and a first-team All-Pro four times, so both less than Ed Reed. And Ed Reed had 64 interceptions to 37 for Troy Polamalu. But yo, Brian Dawkins, nine-time Pro Bowler, fine, okay, right there with Troy. First-team All-Pro four times, right there with Troy, fine. But he played the position of safety much more like Ed Reed than Troy Polamalu, and he had as many career interceptions as Troy Polamalu. You can get the F out of here with that. Now you can get the bleep out of here with that nonsense ranking. Troy Polamalu changed the way the position of safety was played. Troy Polamalu played around the line of scrimmage. Troy Polamalu could play center field. Troy Polamalu did more things instinctually than I've ever seen a football player do in my entire life. Are you going to tell me he's 13th? 13th? Ed Reed won the Super Bowl once. Brian Dawkins never won it. Suck it, Doc. And Troy Polamalu won it twice. There you go. That's all you need to know. It's all about the rings. It's all about the rings. <sighs> I'm spent. You, you fell for it, man. What do you, you mean? Fell right into list radio. I don't do list radio. I, I didn't fall for it. No, I didn't fall for it. That's mean? a hard one. He got us, though. I mean, the room collectively was like, what the hell's going on with that? He didn't get me. No. Oh, yeah. No, he clearly didn't get you. Oh, My bad. I, I misspoke. 13th, though? Behind Kenny Easley? It's ridiculous. Kenny Easley uh, only played in the league for six years! I don't even know who that is. Although he had 32 interceptions in those six years. All right, damn it. He was pretty good. Yeah, just, he didn't have longevity, though. Get out of here with Kenny Easley. Paul Krause. Nope! Played in the 60s. You don't count. Larry Wilson played in the 60s. You don't count. <laughs> Willie Wood played in the 60s. You don't count. Jack Christensen played in the 60s. You don't count. Cliff Harris... Played in the 70s. Ah, it's Pittsburgh. You have to count. Yale Leary <laughs> played in the 50s. You don't count. Ronnie Lott. Damn it. Ken <laughs> Houston. Damn it. Emlyn Tunnel. Played in the 40s and the 60s. In the 50s, you don't count. Although, wow. Really played football for a long time, Emlyn. Yeah, real long time. Uh, real long time. 79 interceptions. Yeah. That's a lot. They didn't even throw the ball back then. <laughs> 79 interceptions. You had to convince him to throw it before he intercepted it. Gilbrandt didn't get me, though. I can't be got. Uh, Troy Palmo's is Defensive Player of the Year. Where are those numbers? Why are you not showing Defensive Player of the Year? You probably didn't look it up, did you, Gil? You know what? I bet you Gil didn't look up any of this stuff. You know, did Gilbrandt see Emlyn Tunnel play? Probably. I didn't. I mean, if your picture is not in color, you don't count. <laughs> That's a good rule of thumb. Hot like, take. Yeah. I guess it's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. I mean, 13th is an absolute disgrace. It just it just drives me up a freaking wall at Troy Palomalu, the flying Hawaiian, the Tasmanian devil. It's going to be 13th on your list of all-time safeties. I mean, have you seen him jump over the line and get Kerry Collins? I never saw Ed Reed do that. Never saw Charlie Waters do that. Never saw Dick Anderson do that. Bobby Dillon, guess what? His picture's not in color. He doesn't count. Oh, Rodney Harrison, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, 34 career interceptions. Yeah, well, you know what? 
He was only first team All Pro two times. He was dirty. Uh, Troy wasn't dirty. Uh, Troy was not dirty. And if you're dirty, you can't you can't be on the list. Which reminds me of Jack Tatum. Get the hell him off the list too. All right, Jack Tatum was good. All right, I'm done. I'm good. We're good. We're fine. We're fine. I've calmed down. We're all right. I mean, Jake Scott, though. Yeah, I know. The undefeated Miami Dolphins. Only voted the Pro Bowl five times, though. Only a first-team All-Pro twice. Yeah, put him on the same list as Troy Polamalu. They should split the list up into... What? What? Eric Berry's on the list? <laughs> he got the cancer bump. That was it. Eric Berry survived cancer. You got to put him on the list. You're going to tell me he's two spots behind Troy Paul. Eric flipping Berry? All right, we got to stop. They had 14 interceptions in his eight-year career. I mean, just kiss my ass, Gil Brandt. Gil. You better have gills because I'm going to tie some cinder blocks to your feet and throw you in a river. Whoa. What happened? I don't know. That's the, uh, that's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Kawhi Leonard recently got traded to the Toronto Raptors. I bet he's going to Kawhi about it. Woo! Other crap. Kawhi, oh, why, oh, why? Woo! Other crap. Larry Fedora, the UNC football coach, said the game of football is under attack. Yeah. From him. They were 3 Woo! 9. Other crap. Antonio Brown is on the cover of Madden 19, which means... You know what? I'll let, I'll let him tweet about it. Woo! Other crap. Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Josh Hader tweeted the N-word a bunch. Now he needs to undergo sensitivity training. Hey, it ain't that bad, though. At least he can get free Papa John's pizza. Woo! Other crap. He should apologize for that mullet. Woo! Other crap. He's just such a hater. Woo! Other crap. Darrell Revis retired. Looks like Revis Island is now wheelchair accessible. Woo! Other crap. It's been 601 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Janitor Brian. Brian, I bet you you want cash too. I bet you it's the only thing you care about in your life when you're dragging a mop across whatever floor it is you're dragging a mop across. Not that there's anything wrong with dragging mops. Yeah, there's not. I know I couldn't do it. I got frail arms. I'd get really tired. Probably slip on the linoleum floors there. Good for you doing what you do, Brian. Different Brian, by the way. Second star. That backtracking right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Tonight's second star, Facebook Janice. Janice posted on our Facebook page. Crowley Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com backslash backslash the Adam Crowley Show. Forgot the HTTP. <sighs> Janice posted on our Facebook page. HTTP. <laughs> Colon backslash backslash www.facebook.com backslash the Adam Crowley show backslash three three five seven six five four nine two two one seven 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 
seven three four five question mark. I'm very disappointed in Bell. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Addiction. What about when you bum cigarettes out for everybody? <laughs> this is, you, 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 would, uh, you would fit good in the 70s, man. Smoking cigarettes. I'm surprised you don't have a pack up in your shoulder tucked under your, you know, with a white T-shirt on. Who bums? Who, first of all, who smokes anymore? And number two is, who bums? Not only does he bum a cigarette, he goes up to the person and says, can I have two of them? I mean, one's not enough. No, I quit smoking, though. I'm out on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I did! Will, I will post a picture of it sometime next week. <laughs> Cavalli knows you real well. Damn it. Who let the dogs out? I gotta get this in before we're done. Kawhi Leonard, who had been bitching and moaning about not being traded, and who sat out the season because he didn't want to be a spur, gets traded to Toronto, and he says he doesn't want to play in Toronto. What a baby back bitch! Uh, beggars can't be choosers, Kawhi. Uh, what a douchebag. And thus ends the show on NBA Talk. Uh, it's what y'all expect from us, right? Coming up tomorrow on the program, Matt Geica, maybe. But maybe not. You'll have to listen to find out. <laughs>